1: We can't live with these shows, and we can't live without them, but we can break down every juicy moment and unpack all the weird messages these shows send us about love, sex, and dating.
2: Welcome to Love to See It, a podcast about Shanae's season of The Bachelorette.
1: This week, our scrappy, self-anointed lead offers a fake apology and earns a ticket to a dramatic two-on-one date.
2: Meanwhile, Clayton, the nominal lead of this season, is, as always, just very sorry to be here, very sorry to interrupt, and very eager to find out which of the women have the senses of humor and traumatic backstories that he really requires in a mate.
1: Today, we're joined by emmy award winning last week tonight writer and longtime vulture bachelor recapper ali
0: barthwell ali thank you for joining us thank you so much for having me we got a lot to talk about i'm i'm fired up
2: <laughs> <laughs> i could not be more excited that you're here before shanae left yeah. <laughs> um I, know. I need your thoughts on what's going on in the house um so let's let's get started. We are in Houston. We heart Houston. And we are up in the women's hotel rooms as Susie recaps what happened at the winner's after party of the group date last episode. Susie is telling Rachel and Jill, who are not on the date... How Shanae came in and threw the trophy, I guess, into a pond. There's always a body of water nearby. It looked like it just went
0: into a bush. The into the pond, the into the pond feels like a fabrication (laughs) on somebody's part. But I think they all got together and decided that a
2: body of water would feel more dramatic. Right. And Shanae's in on it.
0: (laughs) Other women are in on
2: it. They've all agreed. And this is the point where I was like, okay, even the women who so far have been kind of floating above the fray because they've been getting one-on-ones, they've been getting attention, they don't need to worry about Shanae. They're still totally fed up. Like, Susie and Rachel are mad.
0: Yeah. They've made Shanae the main character, and they will not concede that she's not the main character. And so as a result, like, nothing (laughs) is going to get solved until any one person says, I'm not going to deal with Shanae. Like, that's all it takes, but they are convinced that they can, like... Eliminate her, or make her feel the consequences of her actions. When that is not how you deal with someone like Shanae, okay? How do you deal yeah, with someone I wanna like wanna Shanae? Know. Like, I want to know what would what would you do? You have to eat <laughs> a little bit of shit and say, Shanae, we're all really sorry. We all just want to <laughs> get along, and then never look at her again.
1: Allie, I don't know if you've read Shanae's rule book, but. Ignoring Sinead and not being enthusiastic about her presence is bullying.
0: <laughs> I think someone just has to apologize. Someone has to apologize to her and be like, I don't mean it. Nobody <laughs> means it, but we need to just diffuse her because by insisting on like going to Clayton and having all these conversations with Sinead and about Sinead, Shanae, Sinead's not going to learn. Sinead has demonstrated she is not. I going think you are right learn. about that. It's like trying to negotiate with a toddler. Like, they're not going to be like, you're right, mom. I'm going to put my shoes on. You're correct. Like, that's never going to happen.
2: You're the adult. You take the shoe. You jam it onto their foot. You're like, you're going to daycare. I can't record my Bachelor podcast. Exactly. You do what has to be done. You
0: you can't Uh, treat this person like they're a rational, reasonable person. You just have to be like, I'm so sorry. You're right. You're beautiful. And we all apologize and move on.
2: I think you might be right, but... I think that this is Clayton's fault because he gave the women the idea that if they brought drama to him, he would simply eliminate the person that they were complaining about because that's what he did with Shanae and Elizabeth. (laughs) And unfortunately, it's not working as well when they're trying it. Uh, But I don't know. I think if Rachel and Susie uh, came to him and were like, "Shanae is ruining our time in the house, I actually do think he might get rid of Shanae because he is so so obsessed with Rachel
0: He's such a little dum-dum. That's my other thing with this season. Clayton, they're trying to make <laughs> us believe he's like a sensitive, beautiful genius that is only there to validate women's feelings and their thoughts when he's George of the Jungle. He's like, a he's little just, lunkhead. He's a lunkhead. And it's like, let. I would love that. Let him be a dummy. And they're not <laughs> letting him be. They're making him make decisions. And that's not his strong suit. <laughs> yeah.
2: They're, like, putting him in little turtlenecks and being like, you're a poet, Clayton. Like, no. you're in charge. Uh, so today, uh, fortunately, is not about Shanae. Today, today about is about Serene. Serene's one-on-one. And they meet on a beach by Galveston Island Historic Pleasure Pier. And they're going to just be exploring those theme park rides. And Clayton says, all I'm asking for from Serene today is just to open up.
0: He has so little. Has (laughs) anyone not opened up to him? Like, this is a narrative that I'm like, sir, you are asking for something everyone's giving you. Like, no one's not giving you this. He just always
2: sounds so desperate. He's like, please just open up. And they're like, yes, I came prepared with a well-rehearsed story that I will open up to you with. (laughs) So they first go on all the rides. They go up in the big scary roller coaster and the teacups. They play carnival games. They kiss. These one-on-one dates are like
1: not that interesting in my opinion. No, you're like they're laughing. They're Serena's pretty. Like what? Really? Yeah. What else is there to say about this?
0: Yeah, the deepest conversation is she's like, "I would be scared that someone would throw up on the ride and it would fall on me," and he's like, mm, yeah. "Me too."
1: Yeah, who would like that? And they, that's that's. Real. I don't know. Do you forget that we did <laughs> learn that Clayton used to work at Six Flags? I mean, he did used to work at Six
0: Flags. Also, they they tried to like sexy role play in the ice cream. <laughs> oh, I
1: know that was gonna be the
0: next thing I brought that up. That well-known
1: fantasy,
2: the sexy ice cream scooping man.
1: What are you in the mood
2: for? Besides
0: me, me, that's his only move is to say or like a rhetorical question in a sexy voice. <laughs> Like, that's his only move. And to be like, can you tell I'm really confident? Can you tell I'm cool? He did that on the roller coaster.
2: I've also noticed that he brings up dancing on, like, every single date. Like, in this case, he's like, I used to serve ice cream at Six Flags, and I could have danced, but I didn't. Now I like to dance, though. And I was like, Clayton, dancing doesn't really fit in this conversation. You just wanted to talk
1: about it. But also, it seems to be the only thing that Serene knows about him. Because she's like, oh, my understanding was that you love (laughs) dancing.
0: He's like, oh, yes, now. It seems like someone has given him a list of acceptable, fun things about himself to bring up. And one of them is dancing. And the other one is saying, hmm, that's a lot whenever someone expresses (laughs) an emotion to him. And it feels like he just is going through these like lines and these very scripted things about himself that he's either been told or convinced himself are interesting. And again, I just if this guy kind of just like let his guard down was just a doof and like just talked about working at Six Flags without having to like bring it back to one of his talking point approved <laughs> phrases. I think I would probably like him a little bit more than I do. But now I I'm like enraged every time he talks. <laughs> <laughs> because he's just a little dummy. Well,
1: Clayton really is sticking to the script with this date. And you can tell that he's like gearing up for some sort of trauma dump. He's like, he's oh get, he's preparing to pull out the line that he loves most, which is, I want to know why you are the way you are. He wants to know what makes them all tick. This conversation with
2: Serene was, I mean, Serene started this and it was painful. She says, people often think I'm mysterious. What's something that you want to know or wonder about me? Okay,
0: let me just say (laughs) this. Someone, this her being like, people think I'm mysterious. That means she's just black and has a face and isn't smiling at all times. Like, that's what that means. Someone saw her and was like, oh, a black woman is not smiling constantly. She must be mysterious. Like, Like, I'm confused. I get that all the time. People would be like, there's something under the surface. Like, just the most boring white men I would date would be like, oh, my God, there's so much there. I can tell. I have to figure you out. And I was like. I was like, no, I'm not like a like a 16th century courtesan where I like have to hide <laughs> my true self. Like, I'm just a person. And so I, I think I'm noticing on some of these dates, these women clearly have like internalized what other people have said about them and are now trying to like pivot that into a storyline. Yeah. So for Serene mm-hmm. to be like, people tell me I'm mysterious. What's something you want to know about me? It's like no one. You're absorbing that someone thinks you're mysterious. You're you don't actually like no one. who is mysterious thinks about themselves. I am mysterious. Like, that's not a thing that happens. (laughs) And I think Clayton is someone who's really, he wants someone to tell him, here's the thing about me. Here's what you need to think about me. And then he can be like, cool, this is a story that I can then like navigate.
2: Yeah, That's the fun of a relationship when you figure out that one thing that you need
1: to know about the other person and then you never have to have a conversation again. Yeah, that's it. He's like, one bad thing has happened to each of these women. <laughs> Once I understand what it is, it's hiding behind
2: her smile. It's like a Victorian novel, but like yeah. a bad one. I would have, um,
0: I would have guys be like. I know the thing about you. And they'd be, and then oh, they would no. say a thing that was like true about all people. They were like, your family's <laughs> really important to you.
1: And I was like, you're like, wow. Yeah.
0: Were like, These you men were
2: all behaving like they're on the bachelor. Yeah. Honestly, where are you finding such amazing <laughs> eligible men?
0: Okay. Cupid circa 2012. <laughs> oh, that was a, that was a dark
1: landscape. All three of us, I think were on. Okay. Cupid in 2012. And yes, not good. Not good. Not good. <laughs>
2: And Clayton responds so well to this. He's like, oh, yes, so much mystery in you. Like, I always wonder, like, what's she thinking about? Like, what's going on? I'm trying to figure out your smile. Like, is there more to that? Which, Allie, I think you really put your finger on what's going on here. It's like, yeah, I guess there's more to it in the sense that, like, we all are more than the smile on our face. Like, there are thoughts and emotions in there. Um, But there isn't any, like, actual mystery. He's just, like, he doesn't know her that well yet. And this does turn into this weird narrative that there is a dark
0: side to Serene. There's never been a woman on this show with a dark side. Like, that's (laughs) never happened. (laughs) You cannot have a dark side and go on The Bachelor.
2: (laughs) Unless you're, like, Shanae style dark side. Like, it's never that deep. And she's like, "Oh, so you think there's like a dark side to me?" And he's like, "Yeah, I think there's more to you. Like, I think you have like another side to you." And there is like this anxiety, I guess, that you're really pointing out that she's like not performing maybe in a way that he like would expect from a black woman. And
1: so he's like over reading into it in some weird way. Yeah, like it's very bizarre. Trying to analyze her, and it's like, dude, just have a conversation. You've spoken to this woman, this woman, like four times, <laughs> and so they head to their night date.
2: Serena's wearing a black dress with sparkly silver straps that was just really striking, and Clayton is wearing a knit crew neck
1: <laughs> under a blazer, which is his sort of par for the course. His <laughs> look. Yeah, At least it's not a turtleneck <laughs> with some sort of sweater underneath. <laughs> Maybe even a hoodie if he's getting crazy, and like a Chelsea boot.
0: Like oh, I yeah. feel like he really loves a a little ankle boot under the <laughs> jeans.
1: <laughs> Just sort
2: of like yeah, a little bit professorial in a in a weird way.
1: I think you're right, Allie, in that like the the styling of Clayton is doing what the show is doing, which is trying to project this layer of like authenticity and. An it's ability like to be analytical. Yeah. yeah. Like he, he's a like like, sensitive renaissance man. He's not just a
2: hunky <laughs> sports ball player. He wears a jacket. So they sit down for their evening date. Serena's over the moon. She's like, no one has ever shut down a freaking pier for me before. That And that is like kind of still the case.
1: She's like, it's so weird that none of the men I've dated have come along with an entire film crew
0: and a yeah, uh, network that, TV budget. Yeah, budgeted. he didn't do that, Warner Brothers production did that. Like,
2: <laughs> Yeah. He didn't do She's that. She's found her true love, and it is Warner Brothers production. <laughs> it's time to go deeper. She has to tell him some things about her that have really changed her perspective. And Clayton tells her, you absolutely crushed it today, and we are definitely heading energy. in the right direction. We're going to be totally ready by the time it's playoffs, to really take them by storm. And Serene says, I do feel like everything happens for a reason. Which, like, her too, it's like, now it's like three people on this show who believe everything happens
1: for a reason, and I'm getting, like, it's like kismet. Clayton must be really confused as to who is his soulmate. He's like, I thought I was looking for a woman who agrees that everything happens for for a reason. And it turns out there's more than one of them
0: is just Again, here every woman that goes on the bachelor believes everything happens for a reason it's like you're not gonna find someone who doesn't there's no one on the bachelor <laughs> being some like, new there's no one on the bachelor being like life is random bad things happen to good people
2: <laughs> i want a nihilist to go on the. Bachelor. i think some people might think that but they're definitely not going to say no. it on a date It just doesn't sound it doesn't strike the right bachelor uh, courtship note so she brings up again that her family doesn't talk about feelings very much. And he's like, yes, yeah, totally the same. That's so hard, except for my mom, who totally talked about feelings with me. But anyway, it's really hard. And he asks if she has walls up because she's protecting herself. And she says that she's had a lot of loss in her family recently. She lost her grandmother a few years ago. She was very close to. And then this past year, she lost her cousin, who was a year younger than her, and um, and the details are a bit murky. Serene brings up that she struggled with drugs, but that she is, she says she's at peace with what happened, but it's still very fresh and obviously very painful. And Clayton says, that's a lot.
0: Unbelievable. <laughs> Just a
1: really sensitive
0: response. Not even like, I'm sorry. I'm that so sorry to you. that, that you experienced that loss. That's, again, I think someone told him, like, here are the things that you can say. And they said, being like, why don't you say something like, wow, that's a lot when someone says this to you. But he says it to everyone. It's every time he talks to someone and they have some emotional experience in front of him, he goes, that's a lot. He may not do it right away, but he does it. And it's such an, and again, that's why I'm like, he's not sensitive. Because if you were sensitive, you would know not to say that. And it's almost like it makes me it's infuriating because, again, like he and the show is demanding that these that these women have this emotional outpouring and then he's not prepared to handle it. He doesn't even ask like a follow up question for for Serene or or half of the women that tell him anything.
2: Yeah, I think he says it must weigh on you, which sort of allows (laughs) her to continue. But, yeah, they are really prompted to kind of do these therapy style dumps to a person who has been given just enough media training to not say like I don't want to hear about all that <laughs> <you know? laughs> and that's not really the kind of support that they need in this moment um, but there is a sweet you know moment where Serene talks about one of her favorite memories of her cousin from childhood and squishing fireflies on their faces um, to try to get their faces to glow and she's like it was really gross and it does sound really gross I mean... Yeah. yeah.
0: I think we've all tried to take a firefly, the light up part, <laughs> and put it on as like a ring or something on our. Like, I think we've all tried something You're like, like that. Like, who
1: among us hasn't had just a
0: <laughs> ton of
1: firefly carcasses <laughs> smeared all over <laughs> our faces?
2: I used to try to, I used to trap them in jars <laughs> and then they would like Same. die very fast. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I think that suffocates Childhood. them. Oops. And this yeah. feels, you know, again, I believe that she did this because that is a very relatable thing to me. And it's one of those things that my mom also talked about doing when she was a kid. So I wonder if it's like, if you're out in the country, like this is sort of what my mom yeah. didn't grow up in the country country, but she grew up far enough from a city. And, but again, it sort of seems like this thing where she, he didn't, he was like, I'm sure it weighs on you. And she probably knew she wanted to get to like, every time I see a firefly, I think of my cousin, but it's like, this is in the, the in between isn't like a cute, sweet story, like the way she tells it. So I was sort of like, Oh, no one here really has like thought out how they're going to share this information or like Clayton's not giving her what she needs to talk about it in a way that like feels, you know, that she feels safe to sort of maybe tell this because she does. sort. She keeps sort of hinting of like, I was always the one that pushed her to do things. We were the only two girls around like that is where you want to like, oh, what was the relationship like? What yeah. Did it dig feel like dig in me? a little bit
1: more, offer a little bit more. I think I mean, I think. This uh, just really kind of reveals the problem with the, the structure of the show, right? Like we are constantly seeing women put in the position to sort of go through their script of their trauma. They've clearly thought about what they wanna say and prepared it. And that doesn't necessarily mean that the lead is at all capable of engaging in any sort of real conversation. And there isn't, almost inherently isn't a level of trust that exists before right. this happens. Because it's like, you might only get one date. You have to say the thing. You have to just like, say your trauma in order to create a bond with the lead and the audience.
0: And, and saying, uh, in addition to that, like saying my family didn't talk about things is almost like a starter trauma. Like it's a beginner yeah. trauma. And you see like, how well is that received? like. Okay, he he heard that, he listened to it, I'm going to go to my next thing. Because there are some people on The Bachelor where my family didn't talk about things, was their whole narrative. But again, they're Mm -hmm. sort of... It's now, it's like we we have to push past that to get to this next level of, like, acceptable, scarier, more affecting trauma. Ultimately, this does get
1: uh, Serene the Rose and they make out, while standing by a sweeping view of the city... And Serene's like, yes, I am falling in love with Clayton for sure. Definitely. I'm convincing myself we're falling in love. With his
0: kind eyes. She also says he yeah. has kind eyes. It's easy to share know. with you because are they you have kind eyes. Or are
2: they kind? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah, welcoming eyes. And she's like, they're kind. I said they were kind. And he's like, sure. Great. I've never heard I did that look at phrase him.
0: before. I did have to look at him and be like, could I tell him? something? Is that a face I could tell things to? It's funny. He looks like my boyfriend's younger sister's boyfriend, but like stretched out. So he looks (laughs) sort of like the big boy version of, and you know, my, uh, his sister's Boyfriend is like an adult man, but he Clayton is just like the big, stretched out, stretch Armstrong version. So every time <laughs> I look at him, I just see like a younger sister's boyfriend, but just big. <laughs> so I'm like, Yeah, I guess I could tell him stuff. Like that seems friendly, he <laughs> He's seems just a, fine. Yeah. He's just a big, big stretched out boy. I feel I like that. saying I
2: can tell you things because of your kind eyes is almost like a way of saying I can't think of another reason <laughs> that I could feel safe telling you things because you haven't done that much. But sure, you look, you have the right look. Uh, either way, good ending to this date for Serene, and it's time for the rose ceremony because that was the second uh, the one on one of that these week. I'm getting unreal. very thrown. Is unreal. Um, Wild. So the women are all prepared to go into this rose ceremony and do battle with Shanae, who is feeling really strong because, quote, Clayton sees me. Clayton likes me. I can't think of one thing I did wrong thus far. And
0: as they all say, listen, going into this, (laughs) Shanae is right. He likes her. She does stuff and he doesn't talk to her about it. There's no reason Shanae would think she's going home. I'm sorry. She's a She's a genius. (laughs)
2: <laughs> she, and, and in terms of like, I can't think of one thing I did wrong thus far. I'm like, she's made some tactical errors, but they've all worked out for her. So why would she? Yeah, question why would she think that she's done far? anything wrong? However, <sighs> the women feel differently as they sit waiting for Clayton. Jill turns to Shanae and says. To be honest, I feel like we were all really turning a new leaf, and I was really rooting for you, and to hear that you thought you deserved to be at the cocktail part, the after party, and we didn't, that really hurt me. And Jill is just really – she's like, if Clayton is willing to have Shanae stick around and terrorize all of us, that, like, sucks. Like, that's not healthy, And the women are really just on the precipice here of all turning on Clayton. I don't think he realizes how close he is to losing Mm -mm. the house. No. Meanwhile, Marlena is asking Shanae what happened that brought her to the point of coming to their after party without addressing the women on the winning team first. And before she gets an answer, Clayton arrives and gives his trademark, sorry to interrupt,
0: (laughs) (laughs) to all of his girlfriends. A lot has happened. Being a bachelor <laughs> has not been easy. I don't know. It looked pretty easy. You haven't s- broken a sweat, really. Like, this doesn't seem to be stressful.
2: <laughs> uh, he He's really struggling. And, uh, I mean, he's struggling to do a good job at it. I think we can yeah. agree on that. Mm-hmm. And he asked to talk to the winning team from the group date first. Um, Investigator Clayton. Have
0: <laughs> Has arrived.
2: Finally showing up.
0: Hercule Perot is on the case. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Each of you have a motive for throwing the trophy into the pond.
2: <laughs> he assembles these women and asks them for the full story of what happened at the after party. And we have a clip of what Sierra says to him.
1: So, on our group date after party, we told you our honest opinions about Shanae and what's going on in the house. Um, how she's affected the house as a whole. And then she showed up out of nowhere and after talking to you for some time, ran outside, told me and Genevieve to keep her name out of our (laughs) mouths, took the trophy, ran off with it and threw it into a pond.
0: Was there like a
2: pond in the corner of that space that we didn't <laughs> see, see? I mean, really allegedly,
0: it just looked like a bush. It honestly, <laughs> I heard, I heard a clunk like it hit a, a tree, a tree trunk or something. I have questions about the layout of this group date.
1: I guess we will it's never odd. know. We'll never know. Um, Marlena then, I think, takes a a smart tack with mm-hmm. with her addition to this, and she's like, "Look, you're an athlete. I'm an athlete." We know how this works. You take an L, you take it with pride, and you go home, and you show up on the field again the next time. And I think that this was a brilliant way to frame it. Because, like, how can Clayton argue with that? It's the only thing he understands is sports terms. Right, a plus. exactly. A-plus, That's true.
2: I do think that there is, like, a, a, a an asymmetry with how this would land on The Bachelor versus The Bachelorette. Because I think that what we see with Michelle is that she's like, I'm an athlete, and I love men who are athletes who respect the code of athletes, and mm-hmm. they know athletes. And I think often when you have an athlete bachelor, he's like, I expect... To have, like, a hot bombshell wife (laughs) who doesn't understand being an athlete at all. And she just, like, sits at home and, like, does her girl
1: stuff that I don't understand. He's like, the thing about being an athlete is that women fall over themselves to be with me as they should. And that's really all that I care about.
0: Yeah. It it also, like, (laughs) Clayton has not named, like, a single quality or characteristic that he would want his future wife to have. So, like, when anyone brings anything up, sort of like, I'm an athlete, you're an athlete, we can relate on this. He's like, we can (laughs) Oh, that's wow! You're blowing my mind here. Like it doesn't. And again, like if anyone to bring something up about Shanae, they can't be like, "Well, she doesn't have this that you've said that you want," because she's hot. What does he want? want, And so she does have what he wants. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Mara in
2: her in the moment, again, and this is like becoming a huge theme. I we've, we've seen Ugh. such a resurgence of the she wouldn't be a good wife talking point. She's like, "Shane isn't wifey material. I can't imagine that he likes it, but who knows? Like, um, I unfortunately think he does like it. This is the like yes. the perennial cry of the good girl. It's like he doesn't like that, does he? And it's like, yes, he does. Yes, he
0: does. <laughs> and it's also like, again, wife is the only thing that Clayton has said that he wants. So anyone just is like, well, she doesn't look like a wife, so why would he want her? Like, <laughs> yeah, and guess and you what? think what? That's yeah, part they all of why end they up wives. At they this. all end up wives. Yeah.
2: Well, that's the thing. It's like that's not what a wife is, and it's like there are all kinds of wives out there. Yeah, the you know? worst girl like, from
0: your high school got married. I'm sorry. Yeah, she did. That's
1: the thing. Like, I'm sorry. It's just not that much of an accomplishment. Like, no,
2: it's fair that you don't <laughs> want to hang out with her, but that doesn't mean that no one is going to marry her. That's not yeah. how it works. So. You know, the women are all circling Clayton and being like, look, sometimes you have to apologize. Shanae refuses to apologize. She's just got to do it to heal the tension in the house. Teddy is like throwing the trophy. I don't know how you come back from that. (laughs) And Clayton is like, the wheels are turning. He's like, "Mm, like, this is really making me think, how can she come back from this? And how can I make that happen?
1: I love that he says, this is making me have different thoughts can't (laughs) articulate what those thoughts are but they are oh boy they're different and they are different (laughs) he's like
2: it's really hard for me to defend these actions and i don't know if i can continue having a connection with someone in the house that displays that kind of behavior because it's not acceptable this is wild to me because like this is not what you say about someone who you're thinking about marrying He's this not say about marrying like, her. This is reputation management. Like, yes. he's like, can I do what they want and just, like, keep her around, or...
0: Exactly. He's, is this
2: getting to be too risky He's to me?
0: looking for a way to keep her in the house because she because she kisses him a lot. And he <laughs> also likes Also because that. production really wants her there, and it's
1: not time to have her go yet. That she is for the two on, on, two on one She hasn't been on a two-on-one yet. Exactly.
2: And so back with the group... uh, the women are all waiting tensely, including Shanae, when Clayton comes to get Shanae for a serious talk, and all the women are like, "Oh my god, it's happening! She's gonna leave."
0: <laughs> no, she. Oh won't. my god! You dumb! I just keep looking at the women <laughs> like, "You dumb idiots!"
2: Like he's not sending her home. Why Even I didn't know home? how he was gonna handle this. I was totally thrown by what he ends up doing. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever Claire. seen this before. <laughs> what? like I was shocked.
0: He made no, just like I don't choices. think
2: I've ever seen a bachelor sit down a contestant and just be like you are sorry, right? Are you going to apologize? I think that would be a really good idea. Like he's coaching her on oh, how yeah. to like heal yes. this relationship yes. in a way that I don't know if I've ever seen or at I, least
1: not for a while. Yeah, you could be right. I I definitely read this as like production was like, "Look, man, you, you can't send her home yet."
0: I, see, I, you think gotta, he, I think he likes her. She has to I make it he, right. I think he genuinely likes her because he genuinely he likes, likes everyone. He likes <laughs> making out with her. He likes making out with, and he doesn't want to give that up yet. Which is, again, he likes her. He likes her. He wants her around. He, again, I think Clayton is probably, is seems pretty insecure in his, mm, like, he's very how, insecure. He, how he wants to keep the women around. And it's always him asking for their validation and not sort of the other way around. So to have someone in the house who wants to make out with him, who is seeking him out, that he doesn't have to do the work that he seems to have to do with the other women to find out what their trauma is, to manage their feelings. Like Shanae is no work for him, but this now is work. So he's asking her, you need to take away the thing that makes me have to work to keep you here or justify keeping you here. And if you can do that, I will, I have no problem.
2: That's a really good point. Shanae is doing what Cassidy did initially, which is like securing the spot by really like aggressively being like, "I like you, I want to kiss you, you're my dream man," and that's the entirety of our relationship. It's Clayton Catnip, right. and, and
0: every time she's like, "I was gonna say something," he now he's sitting there being like, "What was she gonna say?" Or when she was like, I was going to do I was going to do something else with our time. He's like, oh, that probably meant kisses. Like he's just (laughs) a love who just wants to kiss.
2: Ultimately, all we really see of the cocktail party is they have this conversation where he asks her what happened at the after party. She sort of honestly tells him what happened. And he says, I don't want the house to be hostile. You do feel. Feel that throwing the tof- trophy in the pond was not the right thing to do. Because if you're not able to, I guess, apologize, and this continues. I don't know how we can move forward. Do you feel apologetic because <laughs> your actions are hard to defend? You and could finally, see she's like
1: the wheel is turning. <laughs> she pauses. She's like, am I sorry? Star- yes. Yes. I, I do apologize. really want to apologize yeah. because that are is. Are those actions not me, no. me not my character? <laughs> so yes. Apologies happening and he's like great 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 so happy we can move forward and continue to build this beautiful relationship
0: in which you really prop me up and make out and my she face. says if you can accept my apology not and the girls she throws the and the girls on afterwards she fully knows i have to make the the girls have to accept it just enough they can tell clayton they accept it so I can stay around." Yes. Guys, she's a yeah. genius. She will go down as one of the best bachelor villains of all time. I don't know. Uh, I'm uh, still out on that. I, I think brilliant. she
1: is just taking the path that has been laid out for her by Courtney Robertson, and I think she's going to be less successful at it. That's that's I what know. I think. I
2: don't think I she's think such she's an great.
1: originator.
2: I, I, think, I think that if Clayton were any more adept to what he was doing, She would have been gone like two episodes ago. Like she's really just like benefiting from what a mess this season is in terms of the lead's ability to suss out what's going on, (laughs) and like even her facial expressions during this conversation are so transparent. Like she's like giving these little triumphant smiles when she realizes that like an apology is her
0: face. It's
2: just like so obvious. She
0: she reminds me of like darker timeline Corinne. Oh, from yeah. Nick Viall season, in that she's very clear of like I don't need to these women to like me. I just need the Bachelor to think I'm fun. And Her game around.
1: only yeah. involves the lead. Yes. That is the only audience that she and is it, trying that's to please. All it has
0: to uh, that and, and to. I guess
1: a little bit production, and it thus far it's working. But I do suspect she will flame out. So ultimately, Shanae returns to the group. Her tears have been set. She's been she's been preparing for this moment, and she's like just like wasn't my intention to hurt any of you and I know it's gone too far and I said things I didn't mean but I'm just like really sorry and I just hope that we can all get past it and I just want us all to be able to talk and confide in each other and like be there for one another (laughs) I'm truly she doesn't even
2: go here
0: (laughs) She also says "confine in each other," and I was like, "Wow, what a what a malapropism!" <laughs> I want us to put each other in small pens and be confined. She would enjoy. I actually that, do I think. think she would yeah. enjoy that.
2: Um, she's like, "I'm truly sorry," and she sits down, and Sierra pats her on the back. I mean, like, what are like, these women supposed that. to do? Like- this
0: was this was the mistake. This was the mistake to accept her apology. I would not. I, I even though I have already <laughs> said you fake apologize to her, you, you can't, can't give her you the her can't accept your apology. You say someone did it. I think it, I forget who it was. Susie I think it was did, Susie.
1: Susie did a thing where she was like, I accept your apology, but she gave it conditions, which yes. was smart. She was like, if you maintain those actions, then people will be there for you. She wasn't just like, yes, we're good one person should have
0: said what do you apologize for name the thing yeah. that you are apologizing <laughs> Make for her get because specific. she just she just kept saying i apologize for my actions i apologize for my words i apologize I, you know but
2: then they come off they come off as the bully. Like, she's so effective at spinning people as bullies for doing much less than demanding she be specific.
0: I think there's a way, I think there's a way to do, because, again, I've I've had a, a white lady try and bring this apology to me with her fake tears. <laughs> and there's a way to be like, thank you, I heard that. What I would like to know is, like, what you did specifically. Because to me, a good apology is what you did specifically, the hurt that it caused, and mm-hmm. what you're going to do in the future. And I, there were none of those. And I think if someone could have gotten her to commit to one of those things, to be like, what are you going to do in the future? Like specifically, because now you have a concrete thing that if you need to take it to Clayton again, you can be like, she told us she was never going to call anyone a bitch and she just called me a bitch. Or she told <laughs> us that like she never wanted to make anyone feel insecure or unheard and we're all feeling unheard by her right now.
1: I think you're yeah. right. They are not that strategic about this. Right. I think the problem is a lot of them are just so exhausted with Shanae that they're like, we need to, like, move on. Yeah. The
2: only other thing we see from this cocktail party is Shanae post-apology, returning to Clayton tear-free and being like, I did apologize to the girls, and it really went well, and I'm so happy. And then they make out. And I'm like, did he do anything other than coach Shanae to apologize and then reward her with a makeout? during this cocktail party? Because then it's over. That's the end of the cocktail party. We don't see him talk to anyone else one-on-one, I don't think. Meanwhile, in Sinead's In The Moment, I think we have a clip of what she says about this apology. That was the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my entire life. Apologize to people that I wasn't sorry for. I'm not a sorry host. You mean a- I need an Oscar award for that performance.
0: She also said she wants an Emmy and a Golden Globe. And I was like, I'll be damned, bitch, if that's all it takes. (laughs) You will not be sharing that (laughs) honor with me, ma'am.
2: I mean, she shouldn't have to compete for any of these things.
1: She's a hot blonde bombshell. They should all just be given to her. She really Mm -hmm. said the quiet part out loud. She was like, I am white and blonde. What else do I need? And I'm like, unfortunately, you're not wrong in this case.
0: She's someone, again, like she's probably never used to having to compete for a guy. And if she does, she wins so easily And so it's like, she would be better as The Bachelorette. She wouldn't be good or nice or kind, but it would just be like less mess. Or she would be better in Paradise where she has like multiple options where she can like sit back and let people come to her. She will be there in Paradise. But I mean, like Crystal from whoever's season that was. Ari. Ari. She was a nightmare in the house, but you put her on paradise and she was the most chill. Like, I don't need to talk to anybody. I'm just going to wait for the men to approach me. And it's like, <laughs> that is a, a, I mean, you know, pretty privileged. What happened exists.
2: with Victoria, too, that like, she was like, I'm going to wait for men to approach me. It just didn't and work. <laughs> <her>. It <just laughs> and no didn't work. It didn't work. But I think, um,
0: yeah, it's like she's this is just the type of person that should not be in this setting and knows that they shouldn't be because of how they date in the past and how being a pretty white lady gets them what they want and if they can turn their tears on and off gets them what they want
2: yeah and makes it a miserable experience for everyone and with that the cocktail party is over we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with the rose ceremony can you keep up If you're a wine lover, here's a little secret. There is a personalized wine club that has amazing
1: wines and exclusive perks. It's called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to discover new wines you're guaranteed to enjoy. To start, you just answer a few
2: questions on their website about what flavors you like, how often you drink wine, and if you prefer red, white,
1: or rosé. As always, I love a quiz. (laughs) And based on the answers that you give, First Leaf curates a really amazing selection of wines. Just for you. Later, when you rate those wines, your wine selection gets even more tailored. Choose when the wine is
2: delivered and how often to get new assortments of wine.
1: If you want wine pairing advice or to talk about the wines in your box, you can always speak with one of their First Leaf experts. As someone
2: who loves wine but really doesn't know much about why I like certain bottles and what it goes with. This is such an incredible way to get to know your own taste in wine better.
1: I know. I totally agree. I got to try the Chenin Blanc from South Africa that is part of First Leaf's premium wines collection, and it was so good, and it was not something that I would have necessarily picked out myself. A quiz and good wine? I mean, everyone's (laughs) winning here. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash LTSI to get your first box. That's T-R-Y firstleaf.com slash LTSI. Tryfirstleaf.com slash LTSI. I am someone who is perpetually facing the issue of my closet is messy and full, and yet I feel like I have nothing to wear. Mm. But Quince has been an absolute game changer for my style.
2: Same. If I really need a new luxury basic. I know where I'm going to find one that is going to fit the bill, work for a lot of different occasions and styles. And I'm also going to stay on budget, which is a huge plus.
1: They have items like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for just $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passing uh, and passes the savings on to us.
2: Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes.
1: I love Quince for their wardrobe basics. Like I have a really amazing leather blazer from Quince, Ooh. but I also have gotten really into like their luggage and travel accessories. I just purchased an incredible like neoprene weekender bag and it is such high quality. The color is beautiful. And I spent about half as much as I would have spent on a very similar product from a fancier brand name. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash LTSI for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's
2: q-u-i-n-c-e
1: dot com slash LTSI to get free shipping and 365-day returns. quince.com slash LTSI. Looks good doing it.
2: Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To
1: claim, visit article.com slash LTSI, and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout.
2: That's article.com slash LTSI for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more.
1: And we're back, and it is finally time for the rose ceremony. Sierra and Genevieve are still... Out here, being skeptical that Sinead's apology was sincere, um, correct, and hope that she will go home, incorrect. Which
2: why would he? Why would he go through all of that if he was going to send her home? Yeah, like he would have just walked her straight out. Y'all, they're clinging to hope. Clayton enters and thanks everyone for quote holding him accountable, and (laughs) hopes they all felt quote seen and heard.
1: He loves he
2: accountability word
0: and he's going to use it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Accountability. A word the day calendar. Clayton's
2: fave <laughs> word. Does he understand what being held accountable means? Like, no, these women are Claire, like, Sinead needs not. to go. And he's like, thank you for holding me accountable. Sinead will be staying. <laughs> like, so he hands out the roses. They go to Sarah, Marlena, Genevieve, Mara, Gabby, Susie, Eliza, Hunter. And Sinead, Serene, Rachel, and I guess Teddy already have roses. I do think we missed Mm -hmm. the part where the group date rose was handed out, but Teddy has a rose. And going home are Sierra, Lindsay, and Jill. Jill, 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 who I think never got to have a conversation with Clayton. Jill and
0: Rachel (laughs) have this emotional we're about to go off to war embrace like you hear their heads thunk together they like embrace i liked it so deeply and i was like oh my god we're already like a full episode past
2: elizabeth calling these women some of her best girlfriends in the world so they've
1: clearly all bonded very intensely I mean, we know Jill didn't have any time to bond with Clayton, so she was out here bonding with someone, and yes. it, it was Rachel we learned. Rachel
0: has that <laughs> like chemistry with everyone that Jill just had to get that em- that last embrace. Yeah, that means that another
2: one of Shanae's
0: enemies <laughs>
2: has been kicked off before her, and Sierra has some some words of warning for Clayton. I think we have a clip.
0: Oh, my God. I hope you choose the right girl, and choose a girl for the man you're gonna become, not the man you are right now. Okay? And don't be stupid. Okay? <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> if Shanae
1: is what he wants, then she can keep Shanae. I mean, that's his own bed. He's gotta lie in it. But anybody would have been a better decision than her. She's not gonna be the one he chooses in the end. And if it is, then oh, yikes. <laughs>
0: I loved this so much. She put a color purple hex on this man. I'm surprised she didn't just like gently touch his forehead and nose and be like, until you do right by the women in the house, no good will come to you. Like, <laughs> oh my God.
2: Oh, it was, so it was bone chilling. <laughs> it was so so good. It's incredible. I love that Sierra's just like, I, what am I going to cry? Like, this man is garbage. Like, i How could I want someone
1: who would make these choices? (laughs) She's like, he obviously has pretty bad taste. And I like that she both betrays that she understands how this works and that it's pretty likely that Shanae is going to flame out soon. But also is like, Clayton does have bad taste. So like, if that's what he wants, then fuck that guy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the conclusion everyone should be coming to of like, if you pick Shanae, then I'm not the woman for him. Like... And yeah. we're just going to have to deal with that. But she decided to also send that man's soul to hell on her <laughs> way out. <laughs> oh, I respected it so much. Oh, like, so powerful. Sierra, I love you.
2: <laughs> oh, I think this is my favorite Sierra moment from this whole season. Um, so so Shanae is feeling her power. She's like, holy shit. I just sent another bitch home. Sent home two girls back to back. Everyone better be scared. And they are. And I think she's that's not pretty clear. wrong
0: to feel this way. Yeah. Either. And they're, like, they
2: all are terrified. And I do think they should be. So everyone knows what's going on except Clayton. <laughs> Clayton, meanwhile, tells the remaining women that they're finally going international to Toronto. Girl, so not, that's a bus ride. That's not it's international. Just, it's like a
1: little <laughs> hop over. Uh, I, can always, <laughs> I can always tell who hasn't spent time in Canada by how much they emphasize Toronto, because no one who's spent any time in Toronto says Toronto.
2: <laughs> it reminds me of the Clayton thing, like how some of the women really emphasize the T in his name in a way that feels really unnatural, but to, as if to show that they like value it and think it's precious. It's like <laughs> Clayton is taking me to Toronto. And these are very precious things that must have the T's fully <laughs> crisply articulated because. I would never want to disrespect them. Uh, Clayton has never been to Toronto, and you can you can definitely tell. Um, but he's ready to fall in love there because the air is crisp. And he does think he could fall in love with multiple women.
0: It, one, he's setting himself up to fall in love with multiple He almost wants it to happen. <laughs> he's like, well, wouldn't that be fun? But the other thing, doesn't he say we're at the halfway point or we're almost at the halfway point? At some point in this episode, maybe it's going into the two on one. But he I think at some point he says, like, we're almost halfway there. And I was like, what? I have I I feel no front runners. I don't know what he wants or what he's looking for. I barely know any of these women. And I was like, we're already on our first international trip. This is bonkers.
2: I do feel like I definitely think he's picking Rachel, but I nevertheless don't feel like i have a good sense of Rachel or their relationship, just that I feel what? sure that he's picking what her. What don't you understand? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just calls. so glad that they found each other. <laughs> so beautiful. <laughs> um, because they have, ju- it's just like, yeah, I just feel that he senses overpowering physical chemistry with her, and that's yes. going to be all that it that's takes. That's going to be
1: enough to get her all the way to the finish line.
2: And no one is trying to get her sent home or saying that she threw trophies in the bushes, the pond, sorry. Yeah. Um, So the women crowd into the hotel, they're staying in the penthouse, they're like selling this hotel so hard, it's luxury, it's sexy, it's dope, they're flopping on the beds... Every season, I feel like they get more excited to showcase how well they would be able to do an Instagram story about some sort of tourist destination. That hotel
0: did look very nice. That was it one where I was nice. like, they have a lot of space that I really appreciated.
2: Yeah, it's like a full like top floor suite. They have a nice, large like sort of living area. Very sleek, sort of like a modern meets art deco <laughs> via West Elm sort of aesthetic. And the first date card arrives. Gabby, love is on the horizon. Everyone is very supportive of Gabby. And she's like, thank you for being happy for me. And Shanae is fed up with this. I'm just going to say it, it's virtue signaling. And I think we have a clip of what Shanae says.
1: Hearing how happy they are for other people, like they're so like,
2: yay. And I'm like, what about you? Like, if you're happy for everyone else, then please go home so I can get to know Clayton.
0: You're going to hate me. I don't no, disagree. Oh, you agree? I don't disagree. <laughs> Cuz I think it's gone the like we're happy for each other. We want to be friends. I think people also know of like that's how you stick around in like Bachelor Nation is if you know you have a group of girlfriends whatever. And so I think there is a level of like toxic positivity that's happening. On the bachelor in general when it comes in, to the in friendship? In general,
1: yes. I don't know that this is the wrong this messenger. Sinead's yeah. the wrong messenger. And I don't know that this is exactly like an example of that. Yeah. I just I just feel like what's the benefit
2: of like getting mad at other women for getting dates? Like you all want to get a date.
1: Also, a lot of these women have recently had a date. They know yeah, it's not going to be them. them. Like we're in the middle here. Like Everyone knows how this works. It's a rotation. I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's one of the, where, I, like, I can sympathize being like, this, we're too, everyone's too excited that you're going on a date with someone that you're interested in. Like, I, I sympathize with that. And I would definitely feel that I would not be the person to be like, I'm so happy for you. I'd be like, oh, it's not me. Fuck. But again, Shanae is the wrong messenger for this thing I sort of agree They're all with.
2: just, they're all just trying to, like, get along and, like, continue to be friends in this very weird situation. And Shanae is just like actively like, I would like us to be fighting the whole time. I think that would be better for me.
1: Yeah, I think what kills me about Shanae is that she is constantly trying to root out the ways in which everyone else is being fake all the time. Yes, But she's sitting there seething and then talking shit in her in the moments. And I'm like, okay, so you're not you're not saying the thing you feel in this moment. Like, your radical honesty is not really showing up. So, like... So you
0: want her to be worse yeah. is
1: what I'm hearing. No, I, <laughs> I would want be her consistent. to be gone and I want yeah. her to be consistent.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I, I just think that uh, it's true. A lot of these women have already had one-on-one dates and, like, they're just, like, they're greasing the social wheels so that they can survive in this setting. And Shanae is interpreting that as being, like, a character flaw and I just think it's a strategy I think it's just a strategy for making it through and Clayton meanwhile is taking Gabby uh, picks her up from the from the suite and takes her to what I think is the second
1: helicopter date of the season there were not enough tiny planes for the last few seasons given the lack of travel so they're like we gotta make up for it yeah So he is taking Gabby
2: on a helicopter tour of Toronto because my thing when I go to a new city is that I want (laughs) to see as much of it from as high up as possible (laughs) just so I can really get to know it you know like a local and he's like you know Gabby was somebody that wasn't really on my radar at first but now I can't get her off my mind because she's so funny
0: brown hair that means brown (laughs) hair. Yeah, that she's like, brown I hair. don't know.
1: My eyes just don't register whatever that
0: color is in between is, is... the brown hair.
2: Yeah, there's so much funny stuff coming out of that brown
0: area over there. <laughs> what is that? That's just brown. brown say brown hair, Clayton. Save us all the time. She had brown hair, but now I think she's kind of cool. <laughs> this
2: NFL cheerleader cheerleader just isn't that striking, yeah. but she does have a great personality. <laughs> So they take this helicopter tour. They play like a children's pickup game of hockey in a park. I think we have the same one in my apartment. They eat beaver tails, uh, which Delicious. Gabby is Delicious. joking like, oh, is this really made of beaver tail? And like, <laughs> no, it's it's a donut.
1: Yeah, it's just it's it's more akin to a, to a funnel cake. Yeah. And they are a frequent delicacy in, in Canada.
2: And I feel like I've learned about beaver tails being a donut type dish or a funnel cake type dish from like five different episodes of the bachelor (laughs) when they do some sort of Canadian themed date and this is the most recent and they do some like graffiti on fake brick walls which Mm -hmm. is also a new bachelor thing they did that with like (laughs) Justin's hometown date where they're like look it's graffiti alley and it was just like a plywood fake
0: it really cool. does feel like they're recycling so many <laughs> quarantine dates in And it's like you're literally in Toronto. Right. Like, 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 there's not a museum or, like, an art thing you could do. Go to a fucking, like,
1: a hockey rink or something. Yes, go know. skating.
2: Yeah. Um, they're but, in, like, an unused corner of a park playing a <laughs> hockey game that you can buy at a dollar store.
0: And Gabby is just like, if I am adorable and quirky to a level... Here to unseen by human eyes <laughs> then this man will fall in love with me and I believe it's like her but it is so like giggly and goofy and just like oh my god a puppy like <laughs> she's I'm winning like, me
1: over I'm like I don't know how well it's working on Clayton but it's really cool. working on me when she got on the ground with the dog,
2: I was like, if I were on a date with Gabby, I really wouldn't know what to do with myself. I would, at
0: this yeah, point. I would, I would check out and be like,
2: we can't, we cannot.
0: we draw like, the You line. seem like
2: a lot of fun, but I, I need to go somewhere else right now. I was concerned. I was like, that sidewalk is very <laughs> dirty. I don't That's know. the thing. I'm like, did you really want to? Like, did you really <laughs> want to roll on the sidewalk? I don't know. Um, she's game. She's committed. She's like, this is... And she, it's like she can tell that Clayton is into her because of her personality. That she's like, I really have to dial it up as high as it can go. She loves that Clayton is also being goofy and getting on her level. And after they do all these little, after all this cavorting and gallivanting around Toronto, they chat. And she's like, it was a hard week. I was really overthinking things. And he was like, I love your goofy sense of humor. And they make
0: out this is two people, two hot people's understanding of what comedy and a sense of humor is like <laughs> she was on the ground and then we like played hockey. Oh my God, you're so crazy. <laughs> but again, it's just like ne- neither of them are equipped to like have a real conversation. And so we get goofy, goofy
2: real conversation is for the night day. I think you're going to yeah. be really are impressed you... with what happens. <laughs> Because it's time for Clayton to get to know the deeper side of Gabby that's gone through a lot. And in other words, Gabby has queued up the story that she knows she needs to tell in order to convince Clayton that she is opening up on schedule. And what Gabby tells him is that in the past she's been insecure in relationships because she has trouble receiving love. And he's like, oh, uh, do you know, like, why that might be and she's like I'm so glad you asked it brings up feelings of unworthiness and she goes on to explain that she's done a lot of work to get to a better place and she has learned a lot but that it's rooted in when she was a child that her mother was very affectionate but then would flip very quickly and be withholding and it made her feel like like, love was very conditional and could be taken away at a moment's notice. And she reveals that she and her mom currently don't really have a relationship. And he asks whether she'd ever want to mend that relationship. And she says, It's hard. She misses her mom. Uh, they love each other, but she has a lot of healing to do. And she's focusing on that right now. She says, My mom did the best with what she was given. Unfortunately, it affected me. It's not anyone's fault. And Clayton is like, I'm so touched that Gabby trusts me. And that's why she revealed this to
0: me. This is another example of a follow-up question that you should never ask. If someone... And listen, I've I've definitely been in a position where I've had family members that I don't have a relationship with, that I purposely don't have... That I have friends that I was very close with, that I now don't have a relationship with. And when you're that person, the last thing you want to hear is someone asking you, well, are you going to fix that relationship? Yeah. Because... You probably have tried to fix it several times and it hasn't gotten better. Or Mm -hmm. it's a very naive view of family and of family relationships that ultimately you have to put it back together because family is what's important and the role of mother is more important than the actual actions that your mother is taking. Yeah, And it sounded like, again, like a question from someone who maybe hasn't been through this or had to confront this that... Clayton sounds like he came from a family where it was very stable and very loving. And so when sometimes when people that come from that kind of family interact with people that didn't have a family that was very stable, their question is like, well, what can you do to get back to a stable family? Because a family not being stable is the worst thing. And... And it just, it again, it just struck me as like, this is the wrong question to ask. And it's like, you know, on Top Model when Tyra Banks would be like, your mother's going to see this picture. She's going to see you win and want to like heal your relationship. It's like, that's not what you tell someone that's going through this. And, and but I think he's, he's trying his best, but not really, doesn't really have the emotional intelligence mm-hmm. to read the situation. It was
1: definitely a question that you could tell had the best of intentions, but my red flags also were kind of raised when I heard that, you know, I have, yeah, I have a lot of a good number of friends who have had to over the years, you know, draw really solid boundaries, including with parents. And that is a really, really hard thing to do. And I think I was watching this and while I was a bit frustrated with Clayton's response, I did really appreciate the way that Gabby spoke about it. I thought that she spoke about this really hard thing in a way that was really compassionate, both to herself and to her parent, and also that stood really strong in the decisions that she made, which is to draw a a real boundary and put Mm -hmm. herself in the position, as she said, of having the space to actually heal and to be able to thrive in her life. And I think that so often on this show, There is almost this like fetishization of the stable family and specifically of the heterosexual parents that are still married, that have the marriage that you want to ape. And I think in the past, um, the show has had a tendency, which has moved away from a little bit in recent years, but historically had a tendency to use these family fractures um, as as like a strike against a contestant Mm -hmm. and i like that here gabby is able to really is given the space to really take ownership of that and make the point that the work that she's done and the boundaries that she's drawn have actually put her in a place where she is able to be in a good place with herself in a good place in a future relationship and i suspect that the things Mm -hmm. that she said will be um Comforting to a lot of people who who are watching who might have been in similar situations.
2: Yeah, I think that's totally right. Um, and I think, though, again, we see that Clayton's comfort zone with these conversations is being able to relate his own experiences. And when he doesn't relate at all, he's really at sea. Like, even with Serene, say, yeah. he was trying to be like, mm-hmm. oh, I have the same experience, except completely different, but like, <laughs> it's the same in this one way. You know, he doesn't know how to latch on to this story. And um, the fact that he is trying to relate to these trauma stories through personal experience when he had such a stable mm-hmm. upbringing, I think, mm-hmm. is putting him in a, a rough position for executing these conversations. Um, meanwhile, back at the house, it's time for the women to receive that group date card. And we are going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with that.
1: Can you keep up? I like love. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Emma, what's
2: the first thing that you would do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would it be
1: sleep? Would it be get a delicious pastry from the bake shop around the corner? Would it be, I don't know, get some actual writing done? Yeah. Read a book.
2: I mean, my list is extremely long these days. There are not a lot of hours to spare. And, you know, a lot of us do spend our lives wishing we had more time.
1: The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and actually make it a priority.
2: Yeah, this is something that I am often working on with my therapist. It helps you find what matters to you so you can do more of it.
1: If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try.
2: It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule.
1: Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com love to see it today to get 10% off your first month.
2: That's betterhelp.com slash love to see it. Are you one of those people who thinks they don't have time to prioritize wellness?
1: If so, Allo Moves is here to change your whole mindset. From beginner to advanced,
2: Allo Moves has the flower class that will fit your whole schedule, even if your schedule is very
1: complicated
2: and ever-changing like mine is.
1: And their classes range from five minutes to an hour, depending on what you're feeling that day, which is so convenient they've got
2: award-winning workouts like sweat-inducing yoga flows, hit classes, or reformer pilates workouts.
1: Truly, truly have it all because you can also find stress relief with meditations, affirmations, face yoga, gua sha, dry brushing, and journaling for those quieter moments.
2: I am one of those people who really struggles to prioritize wellness. I did before I had kids, and now it's even harder because you're always doing pick up or drop off, you're making a lunch, you're like dealing with some need that your children have, or you're working. And Allo Moves allows me to just fit those workouts in In those spare moments, when I find myself with an extra 30 minutes of time, I can do a yoga class, I can do something that gets my heart rate up, and it really works with my lifestyle. So unlock your personal wellness routine with Allo Moves. Go to Allomoves.com now and use code LTSI20 for an exclusive 30-day free trial and enjoy 20% off an annual membership.
1: That's Allomoves.com, code LTSI20.
2: Allomoves.com,
1: code LTSI20. And we're back, and it's time for the group date. On the date card, Rachel, Sarah, Serene, Marlena, Susie, Hunter, Eliza, Teddy, and Mara. Can you take the heat? And this, of course, means, as Genevieve whispers, it's a two-on-one. It's a Genevieve, fucking two-on-one. <laughs> it's a fucking two-on-one. Genevieve, Genevieve and, is a student of the show. Yeah, I know. I actually <laughs> appreciate how openly she's just like, God damn it, I know what this means. <laughs> she's like, it's a two-on-one. That means
2: one of us definitely goes. Maybe both Maybe of us. Both of no us. rules. She's except like, we both can't come back. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> she's like, I've seen this play out a million she's times. She's like, I know this isn't going to ultimately end that well for me. If I make it through this, I'll probably go home soon. God damn it. Okay, yeah. whatever. So, Love it's time it. for the group date first though. And Clayton meets the group date ladies on Distillery Lane and guides them into an empty courtyard where Jesse Palmer is there. And did you know he was born in Toronto? He was. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, your mind a is blown. Toronto lad. That sturdy Toronto
2: stock, a Torontonian. <laughs> and he was partially he was he spent time in his childhood there, I guess, and he's talking about this great city that he loves when up walks Russell Peters, Canadian comedian and actor who just starts insulting Clayton. And it fits in. I had to
0: leave my (laughs) own home. I hated every part of this. There's so many bad lessons. (laughs) Allie, I was
1: so excited
0: (laughs) (laughs) to hear you
2: analyze this roast. You could not be here for a better date. I'm so
0: excited. Because, okay, here, one, it's like, is Russell Peters a roast guy? Because there are comedians that are like, I am a roast guy. This is what I do. Like, I
1: admit I don't know who Russell Peters is. So
0: I, yeah. he, I believe that he's South Asian and a lot of his comedy is sort of like my South Asian family and is not like roasting. So I was sort <laughs> that, yeah, of like... That doesn't sound like a... So roast. I was sort of like, I don't, mm-hmm. I think they just found a comedian and was like, can you, can you host apparently, a roast? Apparently he is on
2: a show called Roast Battle Canada. Uh, Yikes. So this As is a, a promo this for is a, a promo. This is a promo okay. show. But I was like, yeah.
0: to an American audience, he is not a roast guy. And there are people that are ro- like, that. that's a specific thing. But then the advice he gives is so bad And I think also, like, not represent because, okay, so, like, a roast is something that you're, like, we're going to insult this person. It's a person that we've selected to, like, receive this honor. But at the end of the day, we're doing it out of, like, love and affection and, like, a fair Mm -hmm. playing field of, like, you know, we know it's on the table. We know it's not. We're going to leave everything at the door. His advice is be as mean as possible, (laughs) which is bad advice. (laughs) The advice should be you can say whatever you want, but it has to be funny. Should be the advice. And then his jokes about Clayton are he's from Missouri, so that means he's vanilla as fuck. That's not a setup punchline. That's not a joke.
1: <laughs> like, that
0: does not have joke structure. He says to Jesse, he's like, how now you're the host. You, how would you roast Clayton? Oh, how would I? I would. It, it would be you'd have to be like, what is a what is a quality about Missouri that you can then like apply to him? So it would be like, I don't even know, like your brain is full of corn or like, you, you know, thank you so much for like putting on shoes and being here. Um, we know you had to take time out of your busy schedule of rafting down the Mississippi. Like, thank you so much. Like you want to that's it. like I used to teach joke writing, but it's like you have to connect the thing that you're like setting up over here to the insult and his advice is just be Be as insulting as possible and so like even his jokes on jesse he's like now you're the host clayton is uglier than you were but you found love on a i think he maybe said he said some dating site that they blurred i want to i want to think that he said grinder or something Yeah, that was so weird. I was like, why are they
2: including this? Because it seems like a really failed series of when he was talking about Clayton and Jesse together and how Jesse.
0: I was like, none of this is really working. I would have cut that right out. And like his joke where he was like, both these guys are failed football players, not because they got injured, but because they fucking suck. Like that's not a good joke. (laughs) Like that. There's no. There's no punchline. Because a punchline, and I hate to be, like, pedantic comedy nerd, but, like, a punchline should be surprising but also feel like (laughs) I knew that was coming. Yeah. And so it's, like, these, you know, they're both failed football. Like, I can't even, like, do it on, but, like, they're both failed football players. But, you know, the NFL said um, pack your bags and go. Or the NFL said, like, sorry, you're not receiving a rose tonight. Like, you want to connect something about like it just is the worst advice for,
2: the failed football player thing was weird too because it's like well everyone knows that a failed football player means
0: an injured football player and i was like
2: no, <laughs> no it implies not, that they're bad at no. football
0: and, and yeah and so, so i think the women like learn the wrong lesson because there's no in a, like i said in a roast there is the balance of we are doing this out of like mutual respect. Right. I can do this to you. You can do this to me. But we're doing it because we respect each other. And
1: that's what that's what makes it so effective and funny. Right. Is that level of respect. I, I think what we're learning here, Allie, <laughs> is that Warner Brothers should be hiring you to, to lead be a <laughs> date. Yes. And teach these women how to do comedy.
2: If you're looking to add like a 15th. <laughs> job to your your
1: list. (laughs) I don't know. I I thought you needed more labor to take on personally. uh, You seem to have an open schedule. You wrap
0: up the end of a roast by being like, thank you so much for being here. You've, you know, all jokes aside, you're a great guy and I love you so much. Like, love you, buddy. Like you're roasting these people out of love and affection. And there's You know, like I I was not surprised Marlena was good at it because there's a lot of like black oral traditions of like Mm -hmm. roasting and like playing the dozens and things like that. But again, like there's always sort of a built in of like this is for fun. Like I don't actually want to hurt your feelings. And you saw so many of the women hurt their feelings or make jokes that just didn't make sense. Yeah, Yeah. I was wondering uh, what you thought of
1: of the jokes that these women came up with.
0: Okay, so I have have some of them written down. Great. Like, Marlena's joke, you're from Eureka, Missouri. Do you kiss your mother with your mouth open, your mouth closed? Close. So close. Replace mother with cousin, you've got a perfect joke. (laughs) But that's what I'm saying. It's like the association we have of, like, Missouri. It's the country, whatever. Like, you're kissing cousins. Like, that's... But mother doesn't make sense. Like, that doesn't make sense of, like, do you kiss your mother with your mouth open or closed? Because we don't have the same associations of, like... Mm. I definitely you... felt very uncomfortable. Right, but <laughs> the, like... I think the joke she's trying to make is it's cousin. That would be yeah. my alt for that. Um, Hunter has IBS, so much like her, so much like her personality, her life is shitty or her day is shitty. That's a joke. That's a setup and a punchline. That line. was an actual joke. That's it an was... actual joke.
1: And Hunter seemed to take it like we're friends. This is yes. funny. I talked to you she about was my like, IBS. I'm glad I told you about my IBS that it
2: could
0: be on national television. <laughs> She says, "Shane, you're like a herpes outbreak. No matter how hard you try, she keeps coming back and lasting longer. I don't know if we need to make fun of herpes. But again, it's like that's a setup and a punchline. Sinead is like this thing because this other thing over here. Yeah,
1: I thought that this the
0: structure was
1: yeah, there, but... Marlena's,
2: Marlena's jokes were a lot like that, where I was like, I don't know about the content of these jokes, but the structure is on point. Like, right. she knows how to put together the... Yeah, I
1: was like, Marlena knows how to do this to an extent. We didn't perhaps need to stigmatize
0: Herpes right. more than it already is. but Missouri. Or Missouri. But the, or Missouri but the structure is there. I always say jokes are music and math. Like, once you get the rhythm and once you know what words you end on, like, how to put it together, then you can do it. Um, I need to take a class now. I'm, I'm getting really into this. And then <laughs> Clayton saying, "I kiss, for the record, I kiss my mom with my mouth closed. What are you doing, buddy? Don't. What are you talking about? Because uh, <laughs> what you say is I kiss her on the cheek. Like, I don't kiss her on the mouth. That's how you... Square that circle. Um, <laughs> Eliza says to Clayton, you obviously have a dump truck ass, which is just bizarre on its own. Um, so why haven't you taken the trash out yet? It's like, OK, that's a joke. Like, that's a joke. You yeah. know? Yeah. I, I, all the women are trash. What can I say about Clayton that will set up the association with trash? Like, fair. That one That one worked for me. Was- yeah. Um, Rachel showed up on night one with a woman in her 70s. Mara, thank you for still being here. That's a joke. That's a that was like, that was, joke. That was, that the, was actually okay. really
1: funny. So a we, have, joke. we have a clip <laughs> of, I think, Sarah's series of jokes because I thought the first one worked. And then mm-hmm. it went a little bit downhill. We have a clip. Mara introduces herself as Mara, like marinara sauce. She likes to say she's so saucy, but it's only because she hydrates with tequila,
0: like most cougars do. <laughs> Not a joke. Not a joke.
2: Not, Yeah. And just kind of, like, rude. I don't... It's just kind of, like, an insult. Um, she goes
1: really hard on Mara being 32 when, like, Clayton is in his late 20s. Sarah's, Clayton is closer in age to her yeah. than she, he is to
2: Sarah, who is 23. And then Mara reciprocates, which I, I thought that... Mara's first joke actually was pretty good, too, which is like, oh, Sarah came back from her one on one acting like she was already engaged. And yeah, if I were 13, I would probably feel that way about my
1: first date, too. I thought that one was decent. <laughs> Solid. Again, and also, maybe the lesson here is also like you make your one good joke. You then don't follow it up with with five all of your shitty jokes <laughs> that like essentially say the same thing. You have to edit. Edit yourself. Um, Everyone needs an editor. And then
0: she goes, uh, Clayton, if you ever need a babysitter, if you pick Sarah, if you ever need a babysitter, I got you. Just like, OK, it p- sounds like a joke. Maybe isn't actually a joke. That's the other thing. Sometimes Something can sound like a joke and not actually be a joke. And <laughs> but then she said, go home, you desperate bitch, which is like not the vibe. Yeah, that was
2: I was like, is that still about Sarah or is that weirdly cut together? Because if it was about Shanae, the tone also almost could make sense, but
1: still very weird. Yeah. What what I took away is I was like, oh, Sarah and
0: Mara hate each other. Yeah. Yes, because, it really felt yeah. that and way. Yeah. And again, the like she hydrates uh, with tequila like cougars do. Like that's only a joke because it has the word cougar in it. It doesn't. There's that's that's not a joke. That's
1: like not a thing. I was that's like not that's not like a thing. I have
0: heard a lot of like
1: bad commentary and jokes about yes. cougars and none of them have ever involved tequila so i don't know what that reference was no sarah was like the one thing i need to drive home about mera is she's old and that's bad <laughs> she's old and she drinks a lot of
2: tequila and i'm gonna connect those in some way that won't make a lot of sense except in my head uh but susie decides to essentially do what could have happened at the end of this of, of each of their roasts by grabbing Clayton first, preparing a stand mic, and standing up to share with him solo what she likes about him. Lacking a bit of the humor. It's just like, I like your smile, I like your <laughs> dimples, I like your compassion. And then she's like, curtsy. Thank you very much. That is my list she of things I like about you. She was really,
1: really channeling her pageant days in this. Like, I felt like she was just asked, like, do you love world The thing peace? I love and she was like, the yes. most
0: about the world is the peace and also the peace that's possible and the dimples on dimples. America. And if you think about it, the, the children are the dimples of America. So I love the children. Thank you.
2: Oh, my God. Ali, that is, like, so true, though.
0: The children are the dimples
2: of America. Uh, Clayton sits down with Marlena and is like, you did even better this week than last week. You have
0: a future in stand-up, a past in Olympics, a future in stand-up. You, you can do it all. Marlena is falling into the trap where she thinks performance at the activity of the date should equal getting the group date rose and it's like know, she is she seems very cool and like has a good head on her shoulders and is able to communicate very well about what she wants in a relationship but she's like missing that part of the equation that it's not if you won the football game or if you had the funniest jokes you get the rose and it i can see her like crumbling under that realization yeah it must be so hard to
2: just keep going into these activities and being like <laughs> I'm so much better than everyone else and yet I'm not getting picked like it, it's it's got to fuck with like sh- but she's she's getting seduced by that instead of which I think
1: is very very easy mm, to do yeah. also. They've been in this environment for a long time now. Clayton is the only thing that they can really think about, talk about, lust after. And so I think your your worth starts to get kind of wrapped up in his approval. And she's like, I did it. I did the thing. You asked me to do the thing and I did it. And yet, oh, I'm oh, I'm not blonde like Rachel. So I guess I won't be getting the rose.
0: Yeah. My boyfriend keeps pointing out the only thing Clayton says to anyone is, wow, we have a really strong connection. But it's like he is he gives everyone sort of the same amount of validation regardless of how he's feeling about them. Like. You don't see him be like, I don't know that much about you. Like, let me hear about, you know, he kisses everyone. He has his hand on everyone's knee. So it would Mm -hmm. be really easy to convince yourself like that went really well. Like my conversation with him was really in depth. Like I really got something out of that because he treats everyone the same. And he has sort of that even if he doesn't have the same level of feelings, he's showing the same amount of affection to everyone.
2: Yeah. And I think that's partly why it has been sort of hard in a certain way to suss out front runners, even though I we are now like 100% on the Rachel train is because he will have these conversations with like Marlena with Eliza with all of these different people and you start to look around and be like well they can't all be front runners. like Teddy Marlena Eliza Susie Rachel <laughs> like he can't have like f- 10 front runners like what's going on and it is because he's just telling all of them like you just keeping you you're so great yeah. like hand on the knee like we have such a strong connection and what
0: we hear from him on the dates too is he's like everyone's opening up everyone's checking the boxes everyone's like he's not even like wow when this person opened up or <laughs> this but per- he's saying like they're all doing it everyone's nice
2: <laughs> yeah He's got his form out. He's checking up down the list. I mean, that's the, yeah, like with most of the dates, it does feel like he's just like, are they going to perform? Rachel was the only one where I, I je- where he was saying things that felt different, where he was like, yeah. I wish this date didn't have to end.
1: Yeah, and that's why we know like she's she's going to be the final one. I think it's pretty clear. And I think that this, this um, date really reinforced that. Like he sits down with Rachel and again, they just start saying things that don't, mean a lot to each other. You know, she's like you pushed me out of my comfort zone and all he can say is I literally don't stop thinking about you. And when they kiss, it doesn't it doesn't have that feeling of
2: like and now it is time for us to kiss. It's like they're very close together mm-hmm. and she like interrupts him
0: mid-sentence to kiss. She's initiating the kisses. More And he tends to initiate the kiss Mm -hmm. to be like, this is the end of the conversation. And he leans in, but she is initiating (laughs) the physical touch and the kisses just as much as he is. Which, again, is why I think in his mind, Shanae should still be around because she's initiating kisses with him. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's definitely true.
2: He is receiving their love through physical touch. And he and Sarah make out against a wall. Uh, various, like, flashes we get of him having these different conversations, and at the end of this night date, he offers the rose to someone who continues to make him feel safe by initiating kisses, Rachel. I genuinely think when he says, you continue to make me feel safe, I think that he's like, she seems so into me. Yeah,
0: she affirms
2: me. (laughs) Yeah. But
0: it's just so, again, it's a sort of, like, vague mental health language being appropriated to whatever they need it to mean. So him being like, she makes me feel safe because we make out a lot. Like, what? He doesn't feel insecure when he's with her. That's what that means. Yeah.
2: I'm sorry. Is that different from being safe? (laughs) I don't think so. Uh, So after this date, uh, there's only one thing that we all know is coming. The two-on-one date card. Shanae and Genevieve, into the falls your journey goes. Only one comes out with a rose. I need to make a decision. Clayton.
0: I loved Gabby being like, I'm the only one at home with them and this sucks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know, so relatable. She's, she's like, like, I've never felt
0: more awkward in like, like, my these entire two have, life. They have a weird thing going on and I don't want to be here.
2: <laughs> the narrative also among the women seems to be like, why is Genevieve on this date? And I'm like, Genevieve is a kind of subdued seeming woman.
1: Who loses Until she shit. gets mad
2: at Shanae. <laughs> yes. And that is like a, such a tantalizing prospect for production. Of course, they're desperate to stoke this feud.
0: It's wild it wasn't Shanae and Sierra, Like that to me like makes sense because you can have... Because Sierra and Genevieve are the two that she like over... That Shanae overheard plotting about her with Gabby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was going to be one of those two. But it's like if it was me... If I was production and I was putting on my evil hat, I'd put make it Sierra.
2: I My two thoughts are... Clayton wasn't willing to keep Sierra, given that he had to let a certain number of women go, and he was like more interested in keeping Genevieve. And they were like, "Sure, that works." Or they, having taken on board a lot of criticism about their handling of race in the last few years, were like, yeah. "We don't want to pit a black woman against a blonde woman." Yeah, that
1: that was my read. Is that like so often on these two on ones in the last few years, we have had a blonde white villain facing off with a woman of color. And I think like they just eliminate Kenny or a man of color. I think they, um, they eliminate some of that by going with Genevieve. Yeah.
0: I I just think that Sierra had the, she, Sierra is probably going to, would have given them what they wanted because Sierra seemed a little more willing to like go at Shanae. And Genevieve, yeah. I think, has Genevieve toned is it down crumbling in the la- Yeah, Genevieve is yeah. Genevieve
1: down. is nervous, and also Genevieve understands the show, so she's like, "This is not going to be good for me." And she, <laughs> she even says when they when they realize that they're going to Niagara Falls, she's like, she says out loud to Gabby and Shanae, she's like, "Oh, I'm gonna get dumped in the river." She's yeah. like, "I'm gonna get left there." Like, I'm going home. Yeah. She's like, they're going to put me in a little boat and I'll be
2: bobbing around under the falls watching them leave. Sinead
0: keeps being like, this could be fun. I might have a good time. I can't (laughs) wait to see this this, uh, landmark that has shaped a city and a border. Like, she's so positive because she's bonkers and is not letting anyone see what she's really feeling. But it is very funny that she keeps being like, oh, of course, this is going to be fun for us.
2: Yeah, why wouldn't it be fun? I, I think that, like, Sinead Sh- enjoys watching her enemies suffer. So, like, what, like Genevieve, you get the sense that she's like, even if I win, this isn't going to be fun, right? Yeah. Like, it's not going to be nice to go through this. And Shanae is like, if like, Genevieve I will gets just less Niagara Falls, this will be fucking amazing. I
1: will revel in it.
2: <laughs> so, uh, Gabby is the one who lets them know that they're definitely going to Niagara Falls because... That is nearby. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, so uh, they are prepared to to go on this journey. Sinead like Clayton's not even going to get to talk to Genevieve because I'm going to push her in the falls. So they all know what's going to happen. Genevieve's going to end up in the falls because of Sinead. Everyone's on the same page. Sinead actually outlines her plan going in. She's like, I'm going to go in. This is a great plan, by the way. Go in thinking it that it's smart. a one-on-one. Plan everything I'm going to say to him. Write it down. Rehearse it with Genevieve. Smile and be fake until she's gone.
0: Brilliant. That's like Brilliant. a golden
2: two-on-one strategy. Yeah, it's
0: a good strategy. <laughs> I'm telling you, Shanae, she's got some. She's got something. It's toxic, and I don't want to be around it. But <laughs> boy, does she have it. I just feel like she would
2: have she would have flamed out by now if Clayton weren't so incompetent. Um, She's getting, like, that bump. She's getting a bump. But she has a really good plan for this, and I'm curious to see how it plays out. I think we have a clip of of her discussing her confidence. I'm feeling good. I really am. I've sent two girls home so far, and hopefully this is the third. I'm confident. I'm ready.
1: She's like, I'm ready for the game I did great. Now we're at (laughs) halftime. Just keep keeping that same energy. And I think I can take it home. She keeps calling Genevieve a chihuahua who it's like she's going to get wet and therefore not be cute. I think it's shaking and nervous. nervous. I think so, too. But then she's also connecting that to like, and when she's wet, it won't be cute. She's like, these (laughs) things are all connected.
2: I love that. Shanae is like when I'm wet. I'm cute. I'm super but cute. Genevieve, no. What an That's uggo that
1: Genevieve
0: is. <laughs> We're also missing that there is like once they get to niagara falls clayton does his little speech where he's like i know this is uncomfortable i know this is gonna suck this is bad but we're gonna have fun like no thank you (laughs) but then they start showing them like on the boat looking at the falls they have raincoats on they're both like narrating and then they start showing the other women in the house like narrating and gabby just goes shanae is a succubus and i was like this (laughs) is incredible like never, we're getting such good sound bites. Never send her home. This is <laughs>
2: truly just like this is like Greek ep- epic poetry from top to tail. Like they are journeying into the falls with a succubus. <laughs> There's just like so much ominous, portentous energy around what the will come. music
1: is just swelling, in, like <laughs> in darkness. And, and
0: Clayton is our tragic greek hero because he has a singular flaw <laughs> that he will not never learn a lesson from and keeps making the hot same blonde? mistakes is that, over, is and, that over the and over and <laughs> over he just wants to smooch he oh. just wants to smooch a hot blonde lady and he doesn't care oh god the women are all talking
2: back at the house about this date this is like a a big moment for all of them because they've been trying to get rid of Shanae forever and he keeps finding ways to keep her. And Susie says, if he leaves Genevieve at the Falls, I would take our relationship less
0: seriously. And all of the women nod. Bad sign for clay That's the information they should have given him at the cocktail party. Yeah. But that that is the the information
1: information that they have now given production who will relay it to to him. And I I, suspect that... I suspect that we might see uh, Shanae going home next week.
0: I think I think both of them could go home because he doesn't have I that agree. strong of a relationship with Genevieve. He's enough I people. agree.
1: I could see him just being like, I need the drama to end. Genevieve, I guess you're also <laughs> the core of this, so you will both be gone.
2: I think Genevieve is really wise to keep remembering that they could both be gone at the end of this. And I... I have a I have a bad feeling. And
0: that in the I don't know if we would talk about the, the preview, but there's a moment in the preview where Clayton says, "Genevieve, are you an actress? And are you lying to me?" So Shanae yeah, is yes. effectively getting her talking points in there.
1: Shanae is good at this. This
0: is where Shanae is going to shine. But so like, uh,
1: how can Clayton be so
2: bad at this that like Shanae is constantly at the center of drama? She's admitted that she like shouted insults <laughs> at them and like threw their trophy in a pond. She had to apologize. And that once again, he is taking her word over all of these other women that he claims to like and be interested in. Like, how can he be? How can he not start to be like?
0: There's a lot of smoke around Shanae, and maybe she is not a reliable source. I think Clayton is more along the lines of like a Matt James Bachelor, where it seems like he's pretty inexperienced relationship wise to know like you have to listen when someone tells you like there's a red flag or like. Someone can only have so many strikes before you, like, get rid of them. It's, like, a very optimistic, naive mm-hmm. version of dating that, like, as long as I like this person, I should keep them around and, like, li- I'm going to listen to what production is telling me to keep this person around. It, it really seems like he's immature in his dating and his ability to make decisions in a way that I think is really not fruitful for him to be The Bachelor,
1: I think that is a completely correct assessment. And I guess we will have to wait and see (laughs) what happens next week. The only other thing that I want to touch on before we end is that we got a very extensive promo that showed some revealing footage. And I would just (laughs) like to register my predictions that it's Gabby and Rachel as the two that he says, I have been intimate with you and my guess would be Susie might be the third that he also was in love with, and I think the final six are the three of them: <laughs> Serene, Teddy, and Sarah.
0: Yeah. those are my guesses. I would, I would support that. I think I, <laughs> yeah. I, would swap Sarah and Susie in the final three. I think Sarah makes it to the final three. I can definitely see Sarah making it to the final three. I, I feel like I think
1: I've it seen was a red
2: I, th- I think I can see why why it could easily be a red herring, but I also just haven't seen that much between Susie and Clayton yet. That makes me feel confident that she's going to make it to final three. There's just a lot of there's just been
1: footage clips of locations that look late season to me. Was, That's all I'm based. Was on
0: there also. a new angry Clayton clip in the preview of yes. him yes. being like, "Is she really saying she's not going to do this, or is she really saying she's done"? That, I don't think I'd seen that clip.
2: There was more in this one. There was more of him. Like, this was the first time that I was like, oh, it sounds like someone dumps him after Fantasy Suites or does something that effectively ends their relationship, like, reveals something that will effectively end their relationship at Fantasy Suites. And that is why he, like, goes into this emotional tailspin and handles the rose ceremony the way he does. Or at least that's what they're laying out. And they... They try to cut it so that it looks like he's confronting Gabby,
0: but I don't. But it it does seem like
2: Gabby is at the rose ceremony, so I don't think it's her. Yeah.
0: They also, again, Clayton is really in love with this narrative that you can be in love with multiple people, and he he says it a couple other times in the episode of like, "Wow, everyone is so great. I could see how you could fall in love with multiple people." Like, he really wants this to happen for him. He's
1: committed. He's committed and he's going to see it through, Allie. It's such a bachelor
2: trope that he's just like embraced. He's like, oh, I guess you go on this journey and then you fall in with multiple people. How
0: cool. I think he's doing it because then he can sleep with multiple people. If he's in love with multiple oh, yeah. people, he can fuck multiple people.
2: And no one can say anything. Right, And that's why
0: when he has that final <laughs> thing at the rose ceremony, he's like, I was in love with everyone before you hear the next thing I'm going to say. <laughs> Remember, I was in love with everyone. And then but it's like,
2: why does he reveal the sex thing? Like, I just don't even understand. There's still, I, some, think well, I, I, guess, think I
1: guess we'll have to yes. see. We don't know theory, yet. We're going we'll to get more information. Um, Allie, thank you so much for joining us. This has been delightful. I've learned so much about (laughs) joke structure. (laughs) Please come back soon.
0: Thank you so much for having me. What a treat, as always.
1: And now it's time for Love to See It, Hate to See It. Let's start with Love to See It. I'm just going to give everyone a heads up. We didn't have that many things we loved to see in this episode. I didn't, as it was
2: going on, think, wow, what a terrible episode, but at the end, I was really struggling to think of moments that just gave me a big smile on my face. But let's start with Sierra's exit, which betrays that she really doesn't have that much faith in Clayton's taste,
1: which, same. So, (laughs) hashtag relatable. (laughs) Hashtag very relatable. The other thing we loved to see was Gabby speaking really openly and positively about therapy and the way that it has helped her heal and grow. And also, of course, speaking really compassionately about the challenges of having to draw boundaries with a parent who couldn't give her what she needed. So we um, are grateful to her for, for speaking about this and, and giving those of us watching that that gift because it was generous.
2: And now it's time for Hate to See It already so soon. Let's get into it. Uh, We're really bringing back the repeated idea that someone is or is not, quote, wifey material, which is such a vintage Bachelor concept that is making a huge resurgence in this season. Um, And I hate it. Yeah, I don't love it. Like, I think that it is such a proxy for just saying this woman is mean and unpleasant to be around um, to frame it in terms of who is worthy of being chosen to be a wife
1: it just sort of speaks to this weird idea that you need to hold certain qualities or even that being chosen as a wife is some great achievement and sign off on your character and here's the thing anyone can get married to a dude
2: no, it is it is a prize that is won through <laughs> chastity and virtue, as as we all learn from reading the 18th century novel Clarissa. Uh, ageism rearing its ugly head. So many jokes about Mara being a 70 year old cougar. Honestly, the first joke I do think was pretty funny because it was just a well executed joke. But then it was just like Mara, she's old. And she's a cougar. And Mara's 32. Like, I'm just exhausted. the fuck
1: on. I'm tired. Just stop. Another thing we hated to see is that Shanae is still here. Like, yes, in some capacity, she is playing this well. It's interesting to a little bit to watch her really lean into that caricature. But she's not a particularly fun villain. We've seen all of her moves. We get it. We get the shtick. It's no longer enjoyable, if it ever was at all. And we're ready to move yeah, on. Yeah, the insults
2: are not that funny or original. The lines are canned. The
1: moves are working, but
2: is it entertaining? Eh. eh. Finally, this just made me sort of sad. Marlena, feeling like she keeps performing the best on these group dates, but never getting recognized. Uh, it's, it's a pitfall on this show um, to feel like performing well at the group date activity is going to get you attention, but it it also is just must be so demoralizing to keep thinking that you're standing out and getting recognized and yet inexplic- inexplicably getting passed over for those ultimate accolades. And it does seem to also fit into a pattern where it is typically the blonde women getting the roses and it is marlena like showcasing her excellence as a black woman and and not getting that and it's just sort of a bummer she seems so so great in a lot of ways and shows a lot of emotional intelligence and in how she handles things in the house and she never really
1: gets the spotlight it is true and now it's time for our tailgate energy rating out of 10 bud lights this episode was somewhat middling, I'd say. We're gonna give it like four or four point five. We did have some competitive roasting. We did have Clayton pumping up a few of the women, you know, telling them that they really crushed it. <laughs> but no sports here. Minimal NFL vibes. Yeah, unless you count unless
2: you count the presence of Jesse Palmer on a group date which is
1: why we got to a
2: 4.5 <laughs> that extra point 0.5 is just jesse palmer it's just jesse Palmer's presence. <laughs> yeah it didn't have the strongest nfl vibes out of the dates we uh, out of the episodes we've had this season and so we're gonna keep that right below a
1: five out of ten bud lights And that's it for Love to See It with Emma and Claire. Thanks to our wonderful guest, Ali Barthwell. Love to See It is produced by us, Claire Fallon and
2: Emma Gray and Stitcher. This episode was edited by Tamika Weatherspoon. Our theme music is by Tamar Haviv and our art is by Celine Chang. Josephine Martirana is our executive producer. If you
1: like our show, please follow us, rate us five stars and leave a review. And of course, help us spread the word about our show, especially to your friends who used to listen to us as Here to Make Friends. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at claireandemmapod at gmail.com with your questions and voice memos. We might even feature you in a mailbag episode. You can also find us on Twitter at lovetoseeitpod and Instagram at claireandemmapod. And you can find our newsletter, Rich Text, on Substack at claireandemma.substack.com. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram at emmaladyrose. And I'm at Claire E. Fallon. We'll be back next
2: week to recap the next stage of Clayton's journey, including what finally happens on that epic two on one.
1: <laughs>
2: Stitcher.